Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. So great to see you tonight, by the way. On behalf of our senior pastors, Byron and Graham over here, a massive welcome if you're new. If you're a family, welcome back. It is great to have you here in the house of God tonight. I'm excited. I think I've already blown a fuse in my throat, but I'm good. Um, he's been, he's a good God, isn't he? Come on, he's a good God. He always is. He always will be. Tonight I want to be preaching on this topic, Awake, O Sleeper. Awake, O Sleeper. I love, when, when I get the key team together at the beginning of the year for youth, we go away and we pray and we dream into the vision of Highway Youth in that year. And this year we went away and we dreamt into uh, the plan and how we were going to uh, work God's vision a lot into our, into our plans. Because it's one thing to have our plan, it's another thing to be with the vision of God. And so everything that we do, we want to be making sure that it's in the Spirit of God and that God has said for us to do that certain thing. Because who knows, it's one thing to do something in our strength, it's another thing to use the power of God and use His strength. And so every year we go away and we plan our series for that year and we ask God to speak. Beginning of this year, we, we came together and in term three, we wanted to have a very specific series related around this, the, the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's a powerful element of our life if we know Christ. He's our helper. He's our friend. He is God in us. And it is a great privilege for us to be working at work in our life with the Holy Spirit. And tonight's message comes from, is really the beginning of our youth series that starts this Friday night. So I thought we'd just kick it off on a Sunday night because I'm so excited about it because last Wednesday, I'm sitting in a staff meeting and Pastor Anne's talking about what, what God's been talking to her about. And she starts saying these words, uh, awake, a sleeper. And it was very specific. It was very, uh, she doesn't use that language a lot, but she was saying something needs to be awakened. Something's being awakened in the church. And when she started to say that, something leapt within me. And something like, I just knew it was a God season. That this, what we heard from God at the beginning of the year wasn't just a great idea, it was a God idea. And a God idea is much better than a good idea any day of the week. And so Awake O Sleep has been burning on my heart. And to be honest, it's been a very hard message for me to try to grasp out of my, of what, the way that I received it from God. And I hope I can do it justice tonight. I pray that I do. Um, but I, wanted, I, I even started to sort of question, is this the message? Because it was so hard to put together. Usually it's not that hard. But it was so hard to put together because I was focusing on, uh, God, how did I receive this revelation? God, what are you trying to say to us? And I was talking to Caleb yesterday, and he was at the gym. He was pumping iron, as you can see. And um, he was at the gym and working legs, apparently. <laughs> Not joking, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're at, he was at the gym, and we're talking about it, and we talk about our messages a lot with each other. And I'm like, oh, I'm just struggling to, to grasp what I'm trying to say here. And um, he hangs up. And on, after he hangs up, the song that he was listening to was Wake Up. And that again encouraged me that this was a message in season. That uh, there's just too many little elements coming together. And I truly believe this is a word for the church, not like for my, myself included, for us together in the season that we're in. And we're about to be reading from Ephesians chapter 5, and you can turn there now. I'm reading from the New International Version tonight, so it may be a little different to yours, but that's fine. Um, and this is a letter, and Paul's talking to the church in uh, the Ephesian church. And he talks about all these different topics in this 
in this passage. He talks about spiritual blessings in Christ. He talks about being made alive in Christ. He talks about God's plan to prosper the Jews and the Gentiles. And then he talks about unity and maturity in the body of Christ. Who's happy that it's still the same things, that we're still learning these things today, that we're actually still improving on these things today. And we, every day we need to have those mindsets of, God, how can you improve us as the church to go out in unity together? And then we get to chapter five and he starts talking about Christian living, which is a pretty good topic, isn't it? Something that we can learn from today, that we can apply today. And in this, in this um, chapter five, in verses eight to 14, um, when I read it, something just leapt out of me and I just knew that this was a prophetic word for the church today. Uh, it, was, it was a now word. And in verse eight, it says this, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. We want to do that. We need to draw close to God, and we'll find out what pleases Him. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. We've all been disobedient. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes Light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. I love those last words. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. In another translation, it says, awake, O sleeper. When I was younger, I had a little issue. And when I say younger, I mean about five years old, just for some context. Maybe the story I'm about to tell you, I was about 10, okay? But mostly around that age of five. I had an issue. Every time I went to sleep, I had the possibility of sleepwalking. I used to sleepwalk a bit when I was younger. And in sleepwalking, uh, I remember one time we went away on a boat, me and my dad and his friend, and we were about 60 kilometers offshore and were sleeping in this 21-foot hang signature fiberglass. It was a beautiful boat but it was a bow rider. And my dad's in a hammock, strung between the, um, the wakeboard tower. I'm on the ground in the back, and dad's friend's on the back seat of the boat. And dad tells me, because I was obviously completely oblivious to this, but dad tells me that um, I woke up in the middle of the night, he woke up, and he sees me hanging over the side of the boat, in the middle of the ocean here, hanging over the side of the boat with my eyes like clo- real close to the water, and he goes, Dan, what are you doing? And I just mumble a few words, and he says, Dan, what are you doing again? And I say, looking for Jacob's car. That was, the, that was my reaction. Now, Jacob's my brother. So apparently I was looking for Jacob's car in the middle of the ocean. And, and there was another time where, I don't know if I should be telling you this, and remember, I said young. Um, I, um, oh, crap. Uh, too far. Too far into the story now. But um, what happened is I, I woke up, supposedly, and I've walked from the bottom of our house up our stairs into our, into our, um, our uh, walkway there. And instead of turning left to go into the toilet, which is what I needed to do, and I needed to go to the bathroom, I turned right, which just happened to be mum and dad's room, okay? So I was young, and mum and dad wake up. I'm there. I'm just oblivious to the fact, and I'm just about to pee. I don't even get any warning. I wake up in the toilet at like 3.30 in the morning, scared. Like, I'm terrified. I'm like, how the heck did I get here? What happened? And then mum and dad tell me in the morning that I had almost gone to the bathroom on them, which wasn't fun. But you see, the thing about sleepwalking is I had no awareness of what I was doing, where I was going, and it affected everyone around me, 
Everyone around me freaks out when I slept walked because be, there was no context. There was no reason for doing what I was doing. And you know, the thing about a church is it's dangerous when we can be asleep yet still doing the movements that seem like we're awake. It's dangerous when we start having great services, but it comes more about the service and the excellence and everything like that than it does about the presence of God. I'm not saying the presence of God doesn't deserve excellence, but I'm saying that there is a line where we have to remember that we need to be awakening the spirit within us. And we can be doing all of the right things, and yet God may, um, the awareness of God can't be there. We can be saying all of the right things, and yet the personal relationship with God isn't there. And you know, to the people around us, it's dangerous because the world around us, they're, they're trying to get caught up with, hang on a second, they're doing these things, but their, their actions aren't lining up with their language. And their actions aren't, it puts everything out of perspective for the world around us when the church isn't awakened to the Spirit of God. When the church is sleeping, or when it's sleepwalking and sleep moving and, and doing these things, the presence of God, it, it becomes so much more harder for the world around us to grasp who He is and what He's like because of our filters, because of who we are, and because of our inability for the Spirit to work through us. You see, there is nothing more dangerous than a sleeping church because a sleeping church moves, it talks, it does great events, it does great things. It can, it, can, it can be seemingly loving the world around it, but the love is empty if it doesn't have Christ. Because God is love, amen? And if God is love, then any other love that we see in the world, it can be love, but it's faulted. The, the church is the only place that has pure love because we have Christ in us. The closer we draw to God, the more of this love that evokes through our life, that, that permeates through our life, the more of this love that filters through our life because of who He is. We need to be a church that's awakened to the power of God, awakened to the love of God, that's not set on what we're doing, but set on who we're doing it for. There is nothing more dangerous than a sleeping church. When I was growing up, I remember my younger sister, Sarah, she'd be watching TV. And I used to love doing this because every time I'd wait for her to fall asleep, she'd be like, you know, the eyes start twitching and then she'd be like, sleep. And then I'd be like, Sarah, you're asleep. Go to bed. And she'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm not sleeping. I'm resting my eyes, Dan. I'm resting my eyes. And then she'd fall asleep again. And then I'd be like, Sarah, you, you can go to bed. You're, you're going to be fine. She'd be like, no, I'm not sleeping. I'm just resting my eyes. I'm like, that's sleeping. Resting your eyes is sleeping. And she would get so cranky, and as she walked off to bed, she'd be like, oh, like she hated going to bed when everybody else was watching TV, um, and it was a little bit of fun. But you see, when we're tired, and this is for all of us, what you can all relate, everything becomes that little bit more annoying, yeah? Like when you're tired, if that neighbor starts mowing at 6.30 in the morning, and you've just had youth, or you've had an event the night before, you know, you're getting cranky. You're getting angry with this person. You can find yourself saying things that you didn't mean to say, doing things that you didn't mean to do. Why? Because you're tired. You're slumbering. You're laying about. Life is chilled. It's the same thing when it comes to church. When the church is tired, when the church is slumbering about, the smallest things start to become big, big, thing, big things in our way. See, only a slumbering quit Christian complains about their chair being taken in a church service. Yeah? Only a slumbering Christian really cares about that because the others are so focused on, on bringing, the world, and bringing the people in. Only a slumbering Christian complains about the car park on a Sunday. 
And I mean, we've all done that. I've been at a conference, I'm like, this stinking car park. And you're, you know, you're getting a little bit heated because you're like, I just want to get out of here. And then God goes, wait a second, this is a conference that's glorifying my name. What are you doing? <laughs> you want more people to be in this car park. You want to see this place filled up more so. You want, to be, you want to be fighting for car parks even more than you are right now. You have to get to church an hour early to get a seat. Only a slumbering, a slumbering Christian complains about, the safe, complains about being the only unsaved person, saved person sorry, in their workplace. Only a slumbering Christian complains that they don't get the opportunity opportunity they thought, only a slumbering Christian feels the need to judge, hate, and despise those in their world who they don't get, all in the name of Jesus. See, little things irritate us when we're tired and when we're sleepy. Little things that irritate our sleep will irritate us, and we'll act out of that. You hear people say, I'm waiting on a move of God. And I was thinking about that during the week. I'm waiting on a move of God. People talk about the moves of God in the past. They talk about the moves of God in the future. I was thinking about it. Maybe God, for for us to be waiting on God means that God stopped. So we're saying God stopped moving and now we just need to get him kick-started again. And maybe one day we'll get him kick-started when we praise more. We get him kick-started when we worship more. Maybe we'll get him kick-started when we're praying more. Maybe we'll get him kick-started when we give more. I don't believe God stopped. Does anyone? Do we believe that God stopped moving? Maybe the whole thing is that God's been waiting on us to move while we've been waiting on him to move. See, God's, gonna, God's never stopped moving, but we can. As believers, as the church, we can stop moving forward when we lose our focus on who he is. And it's very easy to get comfortable. It's very easy to get complacent. It's very easy to get, to get tired when we're too focused on ourselves rather than the world around us. What would happen if we stopped waiting on a move of God and started making a move with God? Making a move with God. Awake, O sleeper. I love this. It's time for the church to awaken to the reality that God wants to move here and now today. It's not just, this is not just history. These books are not just history. These things, the stories that we hear about, the miracles that we hear about are not just history books. They are relevant books here and today and now. And guess what? God wants to write more of these. He wants to write more stories. He wants to write more, more miracles. He wants to write more. Your personal testimony is a, is a story that God wants the glory for. We've got to be awakened to His Spirit. Awake, O sleeper. I have three things that we're moving on from, that we're moving into today. And the first one is darkness to light. Awake, O sleeper, we're moving from darkness to light. Ephesians 5 verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Live as children of the light. See, before Jesus, it was darkness. We were the darkness embodied. We were the sin of the world. We were the, the, the fault of the world. And then Jesus comes, gives his life. We fall under his grace and we have the ability to step into his light. Stepping into his light isn't a once a lifetime opportunity. Because we've accepted Jesus, we have the ability. We are aware of his light in our life. We're aware that his light shines upon us and we can step into his kingdom any day we want. But it's a continual decision to do that every day that we live. 
It's not say a prayer once, fill a seat once a week, and you're fine, you're good. No, it's every day wake up and choose to live in the light of Christ, choose to step out of the darkness, and choose to allow His light to fill and permeate our hearts. Genesis 1, the very first thing that God does when He gets to the abyss that was going to be earth. The very first thing, it says that He was hovering over the darkness, the reason why as Christians, remember Paul is writing this to the Christian church, awake, O sleeper, and let the light of Christ shine upon you. So let's focus on us first. Paul is writing this. The reason why God was hovering over the darkness and he spoke, what was the first thing he spoke? Light into the atmosphere. And guess what? There was light. When God saw the darkness over your life and he saw the darkness over my life, he was attracted to it. He was attracted to the darkness because he could bring his light. And his power, as we know in the Word of God, is perfected in our weakness. If you have dark places in your life tonight, don't feel as if you can't come to church, but know that the Spirit of God is actually attracted to that darkness because he can turn that darkness into light. Sometimes we get ashamed of the darkness and we hand it more power than, really what we, can, than, than we really need to. When if we just give it to God and allow His light to, to fill our hearts, then it takes away the power from the darkness. We need to know that if we have weakness tonight, then we're in the right place. Who's got a weakness? Raise your hand. Great, me too. You know what? We're in the right place. The weak people are in the right place because they shall see the power of God at work in their life. His power perfected in our weakness. So if you've got weakness tonight, if you've got darkness tonight, then feel at home because we're all in the same boat. We just need to say yes and let the journey to light begin. Say yes and let the journey begin. You see, it's a lot easier to fall asleep when you're in a dark room. When we let our relationship with God dwindle and that light gets less and less, it's a lot easier for the church to start to fall asleep, to start to slumber. We may get up every now and then. We may do something good every now and then. We may pray for that person every now and then. We may act on a word of God every now and then, but it's a lot easier for us to fall asleep when we're in a dark room. Are you in a dark circumstance or situation tonight? And maybe tonight at the end of this message, you can enter into the light and just let God do what only He can do. Make you feel like you've risen again. See, the tomb couldn't hold Jesus back and it can't hold us back as His church because the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead lives in us. How do we do this? How do we live in the light? We worship God, Spirit and truth. We praise Him. You know, praise is a powerful weapon. Praise, it breaks chains. Every Friday night, the very first thing they get the youth team to do, and we look like, we look like loonies. Like, seriously, I get them all down the front. The first week we did it, everyone looked at me as if I was joking, but I'm like, no, I'm serious. Because we come from the week, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we have to minister on Friday night. And so every week, we get down the front, we have no band up on stage and we play a praise song. And I'm like, team, we're going to shake off the week that was because we've got something to fill out. We're going we're gonna to have an overflow tonight for these young people that walk through the building. And so what we do is we jump around, we praise God and we give Him glory, we give Him honour. And guess what? Every time I do it, when I don't feel like doing it, every time I do it when I feel tired, every time I do it when I feel weary, 
I feel so much better because praise breaks down the walls that I needed broken in my life and an anointing pours down from heaven every single time. How do we do it? We read the Word of God. Like I said, it's a living, breathing Word. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. When, when this Word, it divides our thoughts and it, and it, it, it attracts attention to the, to the words that need to speak to us today. This Word, you can read the same Scripture over and over again, and it will give you, a, it will give you another specific, relevant uh, idea for the situation that you're walking through. So just because we've read it maybe a few times or we've read it in the past doesn't mean we shouldn't be reading it today because it's still breathing, it's still living, and it's still speaking. Amen? And by community. Let's not, let's not, let's not lose the community. You know the reason why church is so important isn't because we all get to be here in the aircon or be here in the warmth or get free scones and coffee. It's because of the community of a church. The one thing that God says wasn't good in Genesis was that Adam had no community. So he created somebody. Let's not get out of our community. Let's not be individuals in this place. We are called to be united in this place. And we are called to meet together. And we are called to to fellowship together. We are called to be the church and live for him. Live in his peace. You see, it's a daily decision to live in the light. The next point, awake, O sleeper, we're moving from exposed to illuminated. Exposed to illuminated. Ephesians 5, 11 to 13, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful e- even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes light. Verse 8. That word darkness in verse 8 is the, for darkness in the scripture is the word skotos in Greek. And it's persons in whom darkness becomes visible and holds away. And the root word of the word darkness there is skia. And this I found interesting. The root word of that word darkness says shade caused by the interception of light. Shade caused by the interception of light. I found it. (laughs) See, what happens is in life we have a choice. We live in the kingdom of light, but this, this says that we need to pursue the kingdom of light. We don't just do it once and everything's great because there will be things there will be sin that tries to intercept the light of Christ that shines on us. And you know, the wider the sin spreads, the more shade it creates. And we have to make a choice. Sometimes what we do is we live partly in the light, but we hold on to the sin. We hold on to the thing that we feel comfortable under because if that thing was to let go, we would feel fully exposed. We would have nowhere else to run. But what God's ta- calling us to do in the Scripture, what, God, what Paul is pleading with the church to do is to live continually in the kingdom of light, to pursue His light, to, to live as children of the light, which means we have to let go of the thing 
that makes us feel comfortable and sheltered, the, the thing that we don't want to let go of because we've held it for so long, that anger or that resentment or that addiction or that thing that we do when we don't really tell anyone about because when we let go of it, we feel exposed. But you know, the thing is, in the processes, we get exposure. When God brings exposure to the thing that we need to change in our life, it's not a sign that we're doing something wrong. We think that we've done something. It's actually a sign that we're doing something right. When we fail to hear the word of God on the thing that we're doing wrong, that's when we should start to get worried. But if you're hearing the word of God on something that you're doing and you're still hearing it, that's a good sign because that means that God is highlighting to you that you have the power in your weakness to change that thing. And you don't have to hang on to the sin any longer and let it intercept the light that Christ is shining upon you. You can let that thing go and you can feel fully confident that He is with you every step of the way. Let's not let the light of Christ be intercepted by the sin. Let's not, let, let's not be sheltered. Let's not live sheltered lives of sin in the glory of God. Sin has the power to shine when it's handed to God. So it goes from being exposed, but then in being exposed, it becomes illuminated to the world around us. And God takes that thing that felt like exposure and he turns it for his glory and becomes illuminated and it becomes a symbol of his grace and his glory and his mercy and his strength when we hand it to him. He turns the tables. He turned the cross from, a, from a, something that meant death, darkness, and decrease, and he turned it into light, life, and grace. Every single time we hand that thing to God, he will turn the tables around. See, let's not lose our awareness in a dark place. Let's be conscious of who God is. If I can have the band. The third thing tonight is a Waco sleeper. We're moving from sleeping to standing. We're moving from sleeping to standing. In this letter, Paul wraps it up at the end. And I love what Paul, how Paul wraps it up. This is in the end part of the letter. Remember, we put the chapter, chapters in, we put the subtitles in. But he, we should, it's really one continual letter. It just makes it easier for us to understand when we put the chapters in. But we go from chapter five into chapter six and he writes these words in, in, in ending. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of, the, of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, that when the day of evil comes, which it will, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. So put on everything that God's given us. Put on the grace, put on the mercy, put on the truth, put on His salvation and make sure that when He returns, you're left standing. You're left, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, He goes away, He brings a couple disciples with Him. He says, pray and keep watch. I'm gonna go pray. He was just about to be crucified. Three times He came back and guess what? Every single time the disciples were sleeping. Every single time. Jesus, His plan for the nation of Australia, 
His plan for the nation of India, His plan for the nations of the world is us. And He's left His task with us to stay attentive to the world around us, but to stay attentive to staying in His kingdom of light. And He's left us and He's given us the ability, the opportunity to live in the grace and the promises and the power of His will. We have to, when Jesus comes back, He's not coming back for a sleeping church. Amen. He's not coming back to a generation, a younger generation who aren't attuned to His voice. He's coming back to a church who's on fire. He's coming back to a church that's no longer sleeping, but it's standing on every promise, everything that the enemy would try to strip away from it, that we would be left standing in the awe and standing in the glory of our Almighty King. When Jesus comes back in our life, what if He was come back right now? Would we be sleeping or would we be standing? Everyone's been sleeping at one stage in our life. I was at a conference and God just said, Dan, I haven't really been spending time with you. And I was like, God, what do you mean you haven't been spending time with me? I've been doing the routine. I've been, you know, playing worship music in my car. I've been, I've been reading and I thought I was doing pretty well at that stage. You know, those moments where you feel like you're doing, and God, no, no, it's all routine. I'm never about routine. I want, I want your attention even though, even when I, I want your attention outside of the routine. And sometimes we need to give God our attention outside of the routine of our life. Let's not make our religion about our routine. Let's make our relationship all about Him and what He wants to do in us. So right now, church, why don't we stand to our feet? Why don't we just stand to our feet? I've asked the band, we're gonna sing a promise right now. Our Father, all of heaven roars your name. And there's something powerful about this song. But I want us to declare it. I want us to sing this like we mean it. I want us, if you feel like you've been sleeping in this place, if you feel like you've been unattentive or you've been unaware or you've been just slacking off, then right now let's sing this. Let's declare this. Let's let the glory of God do what only He can do because He is here and He wants to move right now. So Ben, if you'll start singing, come on church, let's just press in. Let's raise our hands. Let's start to sing right now all across this place. Come on, let's lift him up. Sing louder, sing louder.